When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For, for, for all things, things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Friendly reminder, I am your host, Kayla Kinnearum. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwert. I just said it's Red Friday, yet none of us are wearing red, guys. Uh, oh, I'm just hiding. Nick, Nick is wearing red. I and I'm wearing a Liberty Memorial T-shirt. I think that that should count as something Kansas City based. So close enough. <laughs> I'm wearing Andy Reid dabbing. Oh, then we're good. Yeah, Come on. All right, it is finally here. Week six, the game we have all circled in our calendars: Bills at Chiefs. Guys, can we just admit right now that this is the best rivalry in the NFL? It's the best. I mean, it's the best quarterback with arguably the second best quarterback at worst, the third best quarterback. The Chiefs have beaten the Bills two times in the last two playoff runs. The the only hesitation I have. It's two of the best teams. It's two of the best quarterbacks. It. I agree with all of that. But uh, the issue is, is that the Bills haven't done anything. Doesn't it to be like the best rivalry to be Brady Manning? I don't care. Montana, like. If it's going to be those, doesn't it require the Bills to accomplish something? No. <laughs> you answered so quick. No, because, man, let's let's get one thing clear. The Bills came into Arrowhead last year and whooped the Chiefs' butts. They won yep. that game by 18 points. And I, what I do not like, could, because I agree with you to an extent, this isn't like... This isn't the Yankees Red Sox. This isn't Kansas Missouri, right? This isn't exactly. uh, this isn't <laughs> Alabama Auburn. Doesn't have the history, but I don't like the idea of constantly moving the goalposts to the point where Chiefs fans aren't supposed to get up for any game because oh, you guys haven't won anything in the playoffs. You guys haven't done this in the postseason. It's like, wait a minute. They play every year. It's the two best teams. It's the two best quarterbacks. It's the the marquee game on the NFL calendar. And I, I don't want to act like the Chiefs just kill the Bills every time they play because the last two times they faced off, one of which was one of the greatest games any of us have ever seen in the postseason. And the other one, the Bills came into your place and did something that nobody does. I don't want to write that off and dismiss it as, well, you still haven't done anything. It is the Chiefs' best rivalry. Because all the other teams you could choose, like the AFC West right now, they also haven't done anything, but they also don't play good football. The Bills play good football. They play great football. They're one of the best teams in the AFC. And there's no other team to really pin on in the AFC right now because the second Tom Brady left, and that never had a chance to really develop anyway, that was kind of drawn out there. And they've played Lamar Jackson a couple of times, but it doesn't have the same... Juice, I guess, is a warning. You're never going to choose an NFC team. It is the Chiefs' best rivalry. There's, there's no way that I would that I would argue against that. 
But there are still, you know, like it's it's tough because if you're saying the NFL's best right now, maybe because I don't believe, you know, like some of the best NFC quarterbacks as it sits are old. And, you know, Brady Rogers never seemed to get that juice because Brady's main rivalry will never be anybody who is currently in the league. It was Manning. That was his guy. That was when his rivalry was at its best. So I don't think that they have to be in the division to earn that, Nick. I'll say that about those two is that like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have to be in a division to earn the best rivalry. Feels like Herbert and Mahomes had a good chance at that, but they continue to come up short, Kayla. Yeah, I mean, plain and simple, these are the two best teams in the NFL last year. Everyone knew that that divisional game was going to be better than the Super Bowl. Many, I was one of them, claimed it was the Super Bowl, even though I know it can't be. But um, this is, we're going to get the most exciting play from these two teams. They are undisputably the best two quarterbacks in the league. And I'm loving this rivalry. You know what I, I think like helps it, Nick, is that the, the last time they played, they put on a show. I mean, they they put on a the final two minutes, not just a 13-second play, but the final two minutes of that, man, they put on a show. They went back and forth. Mahomes or uh, Allen scored with two minutes to go. Mahomes left a full minute on the clock, and Josh Allen only needed like 45 seconds of it to put a touchdown on the board. And then Mahomes only needed 30 or uh, 13 seconds to score a field goal and then went down and scored the touchdown. So to your point. The last time these two put it, it was one of the greatest playoff games we'd ever seen. Because here's the big thing, and I know a lot of people, a team we haven't even mentioned yet is the Bengals. A lot of people will say, well, no, the Bengals, they beat you in week 17, and then they beat you again in the AFC Championship game. The reason why it's still the Bills over the Bengals is, I know the Bills are going to be good every single year. Yeah. We've seen it now. And maybe even entering last year, we were still like, I still want to see a little something more. Then everything changed when they came to your place and beat you by three scores. Now, moving forward, I will never doubt the Bills and say, oh, are, are we sure this team's still around? I, I'm not sure about the Bengals. They're sitting there at two and three. I don't know that they're going to be in the mix in the AFC every year for the next decade, but I know these two teams will. And I would, I would bet you any amount of money that while they're still going to be motivated to get revenge against the Bengals, this is the game. This is the game every Chiefs player had circled on the calendar on. Gotta have that one. Gotta win that game. I think you're probably right because it's honest to God. You know how you know it's one of the best ones? Is it not just the Chiefs? Like if you release the whole NFL schedule, big NFL schedule release, like, all right, 260 games. What are your top five? And you asked 100 people, do you think Chiefs Bills is in every single person's top five? Yes, it's probably in top three for everybody. Yeah, there's just no doubt. Like some of them might order it a little bit different just because they're being weird. But for the most part, if you, unanimous, it's unanimous. It would have been on everyone's list. And that's because we watched them in the AFC title game do that. And because the Bills beat them last year. And because they're the two best teams with two of the best quarterbacks. And you're probably right, Nick. The reason why I think we're calling it premature, because I don't think it's fully evolved to its final form yet is a rivalry. But because we both know, or all three of us know that the Bills are going to be good. You can probably just go ahead and assume that it will be. Kayla, is this game, we've already seen Chiefs Chargers, and I think we had a variation of this conversation before that yeah. game. And then we had the, the Super Bowl rematch from two years ago with the Bucks two weeks ago. Yep. Are you, 
Because the best way to tell about like a rivalry is like nerves. It's not just like excitement. Oh, I can't wait for this game. It's nerves. Are you more nervous about this game than you were either of the those two? Yes, hands down. Because that's the other part of it is. I was even nervous in Monday night's game. Oh my gosh, I was sweating. I my heart was racing. Um, because that one got a little too close for comfort that we did not expect. But yes, of course, I'm going to be a mess on Sunday. Because that's another part of it is as a Chiefs fan, and you've been sort of dominating the AFC over the last four years. You don't like, yeah, you want to beat the Chargers. You want to beat the Bengals. You want to beat the Ravens. You want to beat the Bucks. But the Bills are the only team that scare you a little bit. The Bills are the only team that make you think, hey, they might be better than us. Yes. And because beat them. And then you'd be like, oh, you remember all those people who said uh, we'd miss Tyreek or we were replacing our entire defense and it was going to be a problem? Well, we're the only one loss team in the AFC and we're the current favorites to win the Super Bowl and the AFC. So now what? You're talking about a confidence confidence builder. That feels like everything all rolled into one into that game. Here's the thing, though. Last year, obviously, we split with them. We won when it counted. Are you okay if that happens again this year? I just care about what happens in the playoffs. I know this is going to be a hard-fought game. We'll get to our predictions later on. But if we take the L on Sunday, hopefully we do not. I'm, I'm going to be fine with it because, obviously, the Bills are the second-best team in the league. As long as we just turn it up for playoffs, then we'll be good. I think, uh, I guess, from to your point, I'll feel more good about the team if they win than bad if they lose. Like, because if they beat them, I, I had already pinned them for a couple of loss getting through six games anyway. Like, it just seemed logical that they weren't going to get through that six-game stretch with a single loss. I especially wouldn't have assumed that that loss was to the Colts. They would have beaten every other good team on their schedule. The Bills, the Chargers, the the Cardinals who were a playoff team last year and certainly haven't looked nearly as bad as they were at any other stage. So, I mean, yeah, I guess a little. It just kind of depends on how that how they lose, I guess, Kayla. Because if they get boat raced, then maybe that answer's a little different. So what if I told you that... That's a, a great trailer for 30 for 30. What if I told you <laughs> that we all know Tom Brady won that, that rivalry versus Peyton Manning? but that Manning actually won the postseason rivalry. And you would say, that doesn't make any sense. Tom Brady won every Super Bowl. Well, they didn't always face off in the postseason, but Manning actually has the edge there, three to two. Yet history's not going to remember that. History's only going to remember rings. So that's why, to me, it's like, we don't, we're not guaranteed, even though we think they're the two best teams in the AFC, we're not guaranteed that they're going to play each other every postseason. I want bragging rights. Like, like because that game's not guaranteed, I want this one. I feel like I'm going to be miserable if the Bills win this game in Kansas City for the second year in a row. I'm going to be like, well, okay, they've got our number to a certain extent. That's the one team that I'm not confident in you being able to beat. Okay, well, quick follow-up to the whole rivalry conversation. Does the fact that these quarterbacks and teams don't have that built-in hatred for each other lessen our excitement around this game. I mean, you've got our quarterbacks playing in golf tournaments together. Our fan bases are donating to each other's charities. It's like the friendliest rivalry, perhaps, in football. <laughs> I I think they'll learn to hate each other. That's natural. Just give it time. I mean, Mahomes is making 13-second jokes on national television. Do that a couple more times, and I imagine you'd see the little bit. It almost seems like Josh Allen is too much of a nice guy. 
And Mahomes is a nice guy up to the point he has to be an in-game cutthroat. So maybe a little less, but I don't remember Manning and Brady shooting jabs at each other off the field. That that stuff all came on the field, didn't it? Yeah, but that's just, I think that's more of a product of the, the era in which they played. Like in every sport now, kids who are coming up, playing in these traveling tournaments, going to these camps together, doing off-season promotional things. like It's just a smaller world now. And guys who are in the same sort of stratosphere as each other often are friendlier with each other, whereas I don't think that was necessarily the case 20 years ago. Like, I guess if we're hoping for Kepka, right, and, and DeChambeau, <laughs> I don't know that that exists anywhere in the NFL. Like, Tyreek and Eli Apple have it. Maybe the position players can start hating each other. That's it, too. They don't, like, those... The quarterbacks don't go against each other. No. And they're watching... Much respect. Like, yeah, Josh Allen did, uh, did an interview earlier this week. And he said, you know, when I'm watching, when I'm watching on Sundays, like Patrick Mahomes is the guy I want to watch. And it's like, will you say something mean? Say some, give him some bulletin board material so we can talk shit on you and that Patrick Mahomes comes out and wants to rip your throat out. Who does America love more? The Bills or the Chiefs? Bills right now. The Bills right now. Yeah. They're the, they're the shiny new toy. That was the Chiefs two years ago. But the problem is the Chiefs kept winning. And America got tired of that. We get tired of you. If you're good for a year, that's great. Two years, it's like, mm, third year, we're done with you. We want somebody new. That's who the Bills are right now. They're new. By next year, America will hate both of the teams. And they'll love the Eagles instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, you guys. Fingers crossed. We should be getting Trent McTuffie and Harrison Butker back this weekend. Which is of those two is most important for the Chiefs at the moment. Last I checked, Matthew Wright made a 59-yard field goal. So, <laughs> McDuffie, right? I Look, it's McDuffie for this game and move forward. They don't have enough corners. And Fenton stinks. And Fenton's hurt. So, in addition to that, you know, Fenton hasn't practiced two games in a row or two, two practices in a row. So, they're missing Fenton at the time being. They're starting a seventh-round rookie in Jalen Watson. They have fourth-round rookie and Joshua Williams on Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro in the middle of that play in the final moment. I think I'd rather that be the guy who is 21st overall. And as much as they've done a good job getting sacks, they're not perfect at it, and they have to create them through the secondary, which means they're going to need the back end of their secondary to be better. I mean, just this game alone, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, and if Dawson Knox is healthy and plays, there are a lot of guys to guard for the Bills. I think it'd be big to get McDuffie back, bigger than even Butker, even though missing Butker might have very well cost them a 5-0 and start because if they have him, they probably win that Colts game. But I just feel like getting McDuffie back matters more for this team long-term. Here's the problem, Cody. I know Harrison Butker's good at his job. Yeah. I don't know that Trip McDuffie is good yet because I've only seen him for less than a full game in the NFL. And the stuff that was coming out of training camp wasn't exactly, hey, this guy's about to light the world on fire and show why the Chiefs traded up for him. I'm not saying Trip McDuffie is bad. I'm just saying for this game in a bubble, I don't know how much of an upgrade he is, whereas I know Harrison Butker is a massive upgrade over Matthew Wright. I am with Nick. I would much rather have Harrison back as quickly as possible 
He's the one that puts points on the board. When if this comes down to a field goal, I want Harrison which, out there. I th- I, which kind of feels like is going to happen. <laughs> I don't expect either one of these teams to blow each other out. I thought I'm sure we thought that last year, and Buffalo obviously was able to do it. But I mean, don't like. Do you really want Rashad Fenton guarding Isaiah McKenzie? Or do Dave you want Davis? Matthew Wright kicking forty yarders at the end of the halves? Not particularly, but, uh, you know, I guess it's important. <laughs> They're both back. I don't know why. Uh, I'm going to start keeping a tally. I think Kayla sided with you, Nick, like seven times to the three she sided with me. This feels well, like. Wait, I'm- really? I feel like Nick's always by himself on a lot of I stuff. I do too. I do too. So maybe that's just the feeling is it's magnified when it's two against one, no matter. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you're like. Someone choose me. I think it's yes. McDuffie and someone should come over on my side. I'm not saying Bucker's not important. He clearly is. And it's not to say that field goals won't matter in this game. But honestly, I want, you know what it is? Uh, the Chiefs are the second least aggressive team in go for it situations. And the Bills are the most aggressive team. So the, Chief, the Bills have added more points of value to their team this year than anyone in the NFL. And the Chiefs have added the second least only to the lowly Broncos. I want them to be aggressive. And honestly, if Butker's not in there, maybe they'll be forced to be. They'll be sitting on Matthew Wright, and they'll be like, mm, fourth and two, and it's a 47-yarder, huh? Let's go for it, which is what I want in the long – this is what I want anyway. If Butker's not there, I might get what I want in the long run. That might be part that's of the reason that we're ex- there. That's an extreme you're, – you're living too, too far on the extreme end of that spectrum of never kick field goals. Not I want never, you to be so bad – that it's never an option. Fourth and 12 from midfield. We're, we're, Tommy, stay on the sideline. We're going for it. Well, I don't want him kicking a 64-yarder in that case either. But no, I just, I, uh, that can be Tommy Townsend's time. I just, <laughs> there are a couple of moments in a game the Chiefs have been a little too conservative this year. And against Buffalo, I don't think you can get away with it. And that's the other thing. The Bills score on big plays more than anyone else in the NFL. Feel like corners might help that. That's why getting McDuffie back, I think, matters more. Well, speaking of that Bills talent, they have it everywhere on both sides of the ball. Which player worries you guys the most on Sunday on this Bills team? Let's hear it, Nick. I I gave my answer to Butker McDuffie, so who do you got? (laughs) I am actually going to go with a guy Chiefs fans are very, very familiar with, Von Miller. And I'll be honest with you. I thought when the Bills gave him that massive contract that it was trying too hard. Right, You feel like you're trying to constantly accrue talent. It's an arms race in the AFC. And I thought for a guy that was going into his year 33 season, at that position, you were overpaying. And I didn't know how much that was going to be worth it. Well, through five games, it's been very worth it. Von Miller has four sacks. Does not look like he has lost the step. And now he gets to terrorize two guys in Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley who have been struggling against uh, not just pass rushers, but a specific type of pass speed rushers. Guess what type of is. The Bills aren't, I mean, when we've already seen what the Bills pass rush looked like last year, they got better. And the offensive line for the Chiefs, which we thought was going to be a strength, has not performed up to the expectations that we had for them. I'm a little bit nervous that they're just going to be able to rush for get pressure on Patrick Mahomes and make life really difficult for this chief's offense. I don't know if you know this, Nick, but the bills blitz the second least amount in the entire NFL. So all they're going to do is rush for anyway. 
They only blitz 13% of the time. You know why? Because those pass rushers are really good. Don't have to. Yeah. You know, when they're when they're good, they don't have to. You've gone defense, so I'm going to go on the opposite side. I just talked about McDuffie. I think I'm going to go with Gabe Davis. Um, Excuse me? I know. Look, I know it's a bit off book. I know that I could go with some bigger name players. I understand that. The reason why Gabe Davis worries me, one, we all watched the AFC Championship game last year, right? When he had had 500 yards to his damn name, and then he beat the Chiefs for 203 touchdowns. Well, I don't like that. And while they're definitely better at corner than Mike Hughes' broken ankles left on the field never to be seen again, he is a matchup nightmare for them. The wide receivers who have given them problems are not the Stefan Diggs type. They are the Gabe Davis type. They are Mike Evans, Mike Williams. They are the big, physical, fast wide receivers that have given them regular issues. And the Bills... In the two games, both in the game they lost and the game I thought they should have lost to Baltimore, Gabe Davis was a non-factor. He combined for four catches in those games for 45 yards total. So about two for 25, two for 22, you know, on average between those two games. He was a non-factor. So I'm worried that if he becomes a factor, the Chiefs are going to lose. And, and you know, he would torched them last year. I, I watched him beat the hell out of this defense last year. So he worries me. Guys? Are we forgetting about someone? <laughs> Wait, who? Uh, Josh Allen. Hello. The current <laughs> NFL MVP good. front runner. We couldn't stop him last year. He's a coin flip away from the AFC championship game and most likely winning a Super Bowl. There's no way the Rams would have stopped the Bills. Hello. Does, uh, does yeah. he not worry us a little? And uh, just to add, I guess, to that. Maybe he's so obvious that that's why Cody and I were both like, let's go off the board a little bit. What's name? I'm just going to be obvious. Yeah. Um. And here's the other thing, Kayla. He is really, really good. And he's almost even better against the Chiefs. He has that Mahomes type impact where he seems to be even better in big games. He does not shrink in moments. We've seen other guys that we want to compare to Mahomes, but you get in these big games and it's like, oh, they're not quite ready for it. He lives for these games. He's been damn. I mean, the game he played against the Chiefs, the two postseason games from last year, two perfect games of football. And it's a shame yeah. that that wasn't in, uh, you know, the AFC championship game. So we could have seen more of it, but yeah. the Chiefs have not had an answer for him, mostly because. They can't adequately, or they haven't been able to adequately prepare for him as a runner. They were the worst team in the NFL last year against rushing quarterbacks on average yards allowed per game. Like they straight up couldn't guard them. But Bolton's better, right? Like he's better than they were. I know that they don't have Willie Gay in this game, but it's not about one guy though. You can't just you can't with with him, right? Specifically, Josh Allen. Yeah, he's six five. He is a freak of nature. He's impossible to bring down in the open field. You're not just going to have Nick Bolton spy him for four quarters. He, it's, it's, it's more about, to me, it's about game plan. And like, do you have a couple guys? Do you have a safety who can come down and help as well? I know it looks different um, because most, most of the great rushing quarterbacks we talk about don't look like him. He's a top five rushing quarterback of all time. He's an absolute horse. Like, it's pretty unfair how he runs. He just doesn't look the way Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick did, so you don't think about it that way. 
because most quarterbacks aren't power running quarterbacks. And that's what Josh Allen is. He can go right at you directly into your face and try to steamroll you through it. I, it's obviously a problem, uh, Kayla. I don't, it's not like it's the wrong answer to say that Shallon concerns you. I just thought we all maybe knew that or agreed to it because he's, he's so good. He's just, he's just so good. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's like, by the way, no one meets Stefan Diggs who has like oh, yeah. 600 About yards him. receiving through five games. <laughs> well, that's why I questioned your answer, Cody, because I was like, you objectively picked the worst of the two leading receivers. We're not, the- we're not, we're not ranking these. It's fine. We, we can, we're not ranking whose answer was the worst. But I chose somebody. I didn't want to go Stefan Diggs. They can't. They you know what it is? They can't guard Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is going to have. They can't guard Josh Allen either, right? Yeah, he's going to have nine catches for 107 yards. I hope you accept that now. That is already fact. That's that's canner. That's that's into the books. We're good there. Gabe Davis. At least maybe they have some chance. I was just looking up stats. Yeah, Josh Allen leading the Bills. And rushing at 225 for reference, Clyde is our lead rusher with 223. He's also <laughs> the Bills' lead rusher, in fairness, Kayla. So he leads all three rushers yeah. for the whole teams. The fact Wild. that he's on pace for like another 750 yards is just, and he's such a good passer. That's it's like normally he's we think rushing quarterbacks over 1600 yards. Mahomes has 1400, pretty close on TDs 14 for Allen, 15 for Mahomes. So to clarify, Josh Allen leads the NFL in passing yardage, but also is both these teams leading <laughs> rusher. So, okay, that's a pretty good answer, Kayla. I don't think that you win. We'll rank them. <laughs> yours, is the, yours is the first best answer. Nick can finish second, and I'll take third for Gabe Davis. Perfect. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> uh, question for you guys. Is the Chiefs offense relying maybe too much on Travis Kelsey? Should we spread it around? Even though Kelsey is really the only consistent player producing game in game out no they aren't in the red zone eh, maybe we can make an argument because he's on pace for 24 passing touchdowns and or receiving touchdowns and that kind of seems silly on the rest of it absolutely not this might surprise you to find out he doesn't get targeted way more than juju smith schuster does who doesn't get targeted significantly more than mvs does so but that's the problem right cody it's that Mahomes is trying to spread it around. I think I think Kelsey has six more, seven more targets than Juju, but he has infinitely more production. To me, well, that, that is a product. Travis of Kelsey, one guy gets. Yeah, but but uh, but that tells you what Mahomes is trying to do. Spread it around is not represented by the numbers that we're actually seeing at the end of games, which tells me what he's trying to do to the fullest extent is not working. This is not a product of Mahomes only looking towards Kelsey. That's why he's getting all the numbers. It's that he's trying to spread it around and those guys aren't getting separation. Now, yeah, you're right. It's Kelsey. We expect him to. But you expect your number one receiver, Juju, to produce more than he has. I don't think you can have a game against... If we just want to look at this one game, I don't think this can be another game where Kelsey is the only one producing. Like I think you need Juju to be the number one receiver that you thought you were getting. You know, though, but MVS had five catches for 90 yards and McColl had four for 73. So the fact that Juju didn't produce honestly didn't matter. This is Travis Kelsey's worst game from a yardage perspective by a mile. (laughs) They only overused him. They only overused him in the red zone. 
it wasn't everywhere. It was just, it was just there. Like to me, it's if I thought that Juju Smith Schuster would be as productive with the same number of targets as Travis Kelsey, well, then I was delusional. And I thought 2018 Juju Smith Schuster still existed and he doesn't. Nobody. And I mean, nobody that the Chiefs have on their roster is going to be as productive given the same number of targets as Travis Kelsey. He's a unicorn. I would say more concerning maybe is that MVS is having as much production on less targets than Juju. That to me is more than the other opposite end of this. It's not, to me, it's in that game, they still scored 30. It was a problem in the early going, but I think they found something about themselves in this last game. The, the, char- the Raiders did what you're saying. They, they took away Travis Kelsey. They said, we're going to run cover one and we're going to chip him and we're going to run two guys. We're going to make it a problem. And between the 20s, it really was. Kelsey didn't have anything going. And for about a quarter, they didn't really know where to go with the ball because they didn't want to just go to Juju like you talked about. But by the time that game ended, they're like, oh, never mind. We can give it to Jarek and MVS and McColl and all these guys and Juju occasionally and all these guys we talked about before. So, I, I Kayla, I don't know if you agree, but like, I just don't think they're overusing Kelsey yet. No, I, I agree with you. Um, my only concern with this game Sunday is that the Bills were going to take notes from what they saw Monday and just kind of completely try to shut him down. I know he didn't do much, obviously, from a yards perspective, but specifically in the red zone, like, will he even be available as a target? That's where I'm kind of at. It's like, yeah, the, some things happened on Monday night that are not going to be existent against a much, much, much better build. Like, I don't even, I almost don't even want to compare the two games. You played the yeah. Raiders. Now you're playing the Bills. You played a team that's going to be picking in the top 10 of next year's draft. Now you're playing a team that might be in the Super Bowl this year. So there's part of me that says, okay, yeah, there's a, to a certain extent, there's only so much that opposing teams are going to be able to do yeah. against Travis Kelsey. But the other yeah. side is that, you might need to score. Like, if you had that performance on Monday, on Sunday, you're going to lose by double digits. You get down 17 nothing against the Bills, game's over. You're not coming back from that. But that wasn't an offensive performance in general. That was just another slow start for the Chiefs. It was a whole other problem that they consistently deal with. Mm-hmm. But in the red zone, you can't... Like, in the red zone, if you're like, they're overusing them in the red zone. You can't triple-team guys in the red zone. You know how easy of a touchdown is for Andy Reid? If you're just locking in two, three people into Kelsey, then it's over. We've already won. You've locked in two. You can do that going up and down the field. You just can't do that that close to the end zone. Otherwise, you really will run into those problems where other guys are wide open. Like on on Travis Kelsey's third receiving touchdown. Yeah, they threw it to him. Okay. You could say, hey, should they just have kept force? What are they going to do if Kelsey doesn't keep being open? On that third passing touchdown, two other people were very, 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 very open. So, I don't know. He threw it to Kelsey because he likes him. He could have thrown it to anyone else. I think he's the first choice and also the safety net. Yeah. <laughs> he's picking up both roles. Did you, by the way, did you guys see the clip from uh, the Kelsey Brothers podcast about those four touchdowns? Calling him selfish. Yeah. He's like, I can't get my mom kids. So here's four touchdowns instead. <laughs> Honestly, that's a really good, like I have kids. So I guess if my, and my parents weren't asking for more, uh, by the time <laughs> I had my two kids, my dad already had like uh, 15 grandkids or seven of us. So he was already loaded. My, my kids were meaningless at that point by the count standard. He wasn't like waiting for more. Um, but that's a good, that's a, that's a pretty good line. Be like, look, I'm I'm really sorry I, I couldn't get your kids, but 
you know, here, here are some touchdowns. Well, those two as a, as a, as a passerby. Sorry, mom, I've got nothing for you. No touchdowns and no grandchildren. All right. You have a successful <laughs> podcast. So, you know, who's to say that you haven't also really made your mom happy with that? A silver lining. Thank you, Cody. All right. A budding podcast career. <laughs> the biggest question, of course, surrounding this game Sunday, how much is this going to out? Uh, how much will this outcome affect the AFC race? Isn't it kind of obvious or it's easy because this is like the exact same time they played them last year to just be like, it won't matter. Bills beat them. They were up two games. They uh, they still lost home field advantage. They still had to go to the road to Arrowhead. Um, but the way the AFC shaken up, I'm pretty sure that this game's for the bye week because we wouldn't have thought that going into it. But the reason why I think it might end up being that way, and look, it's not 100% because there is a lot of time left in the season, but The reason why I think it's going to end up deciding it is the Bills division stinks, kind of like we thought. The Jets are a little bit better. The Dolphins have fallen off a little bit, but the the Jets. So maybe they're a little bit better, but the Bills are still the class of it, and the Chiefs are still the class of their division. And those other teams don't look as good. It feels like the team that's getting the bye this year is the Chiefs or the Bills. And if I think that those are the two teams who are getting the bye because the AFC South stinks, and I think the AFC North's kind of beat itself up then I should think that this game's going to matter for home field. So for the rest of the AFC, I don't know if it'll have a major impact, but for the number one seed, I think it does. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there's been some discussion this year as to are the bills better than they were a season ago. I don't know. They're, they were top two in score points scored and points allowed last year. Guess what? Top two in points scored and points allowed again this year. So you're kind of splitting hairs. They were one of the top two teams in the NFL last year. They're one of the top two teams in the NFL this year. I think moving forward, though, through, through the rest of the year, if you made me bet on one of these teams to say, not, not on Sunday, but for the following, what would that be? Uh, Nine weeks? Nine games? Yeah. Is that right? Or 10 games? Yeah, math checks out. Yeah. 10, 10 or 11. Games. Yeah, this will be this will be game. I can't remember now. Well, it's not a one. Yeah, I get bogged down in the numbers. Okay, <laughs> the rest no, of don't this, worry. Eleven X I'm, number. I'm more confident in the Bills the rest of the way than I am the Chiefs. That doesn't mean I think that the Bills are going to necessarily win or that the Chiefs can't win this game. The Bills are are they are more solid. They are more steady. We know who they are. We know what they do. There is less change from last year to this year. I know who the Bills are. They stumbled in the middle of last season. Then all of a sudden, they found their run game and they started really hitting their strides heading into the postseason. I don't expect them to stumble. I don't expect this to be a six-loss team like they were a season ago. I don't expect the Chiefs to either, but we've seen the Chiefs stumble already this year against the Colts, whereas the Bills, it still doesn't make sense that they lost that Dolphins game. You know, we still look back at that and say, how the hell did you end up losing that one? I know who had like a hundred yards and Josh Allen had like 500 by himself. (laughs) I know who they are as a team so that this game doesn't mean as much to them as it does the chiefs. Maybe, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I just think they're the, I think they're a better team. It's easier to make the argument for the bills being a better team than it is the chiefs. So for the chiefs specifically, I think you need to have this one. You need to have this edge over them because whether it's playoff seating or just the, you know, getting that, that at home game, 
Imagine what the Bills are thinking after having to go into Arrowhead. They're probably saying if we would have had that game in Buffalo, we would have won and we would have went to the AFC Championship. They're right, by the way. If that game is in Buffalo, they do win and they do go to the AFC Championship game. Which team is better in high pressure situations? Because I think it's on us. And so that's. Uh, it's- no, it's that's fine. the only ahead, reason I feel more confident is because like I think Nick or Cody, one of you said earlier, both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes turn it on in big games, high pressure situations. But it just seems like we're able to find a way more so than the Bills and pull out a win. This is the one area that you can definitively say that the Chiefs are better at the Bills. Like I, you can go back through the last two years. The Bills are not good in close games. They're good at blowing people out. They're good at kicking their ass, putting their foot to the ground, and beating teams up. When it gets close, their winning percentage stinks. And I think, I would say, it's Josh Allen, right? That's normally your indicator. It's the quarterback. It probably would logically be. But he was perfect in that close game they lost to the playoffs last year, and he was really good in that Miami game that they lost earlier this year. I think it's coaching. I think McDermott's just not that level of coach. Not that he's a bad coach. I just don't think he's that How level of coach. That? How can you say that when every other week we have a, a head-scratching late-game decision by Andy Reid, whether it's timeout management, when to go for it, when to kick, when to punt? We say that all the time, that Andy Reid's biggest bugaboo is that he's not good in late-game situations. I don't know how you could then say that's his advantage over Sean McDermott. Well, then explain to me why the Bills are bad in close games. in the Random season. Randomness. That's why. Because late game situations are not. If you're constantly in late games, if I give you a whole season of, of, or excuse me, not late game, if if I give you a whole season of post games, which by the way, look across the NFL, watch Red Zone on Sunday, every single game is like a one game. But if you get in enough of those over the course of a year, if I said, okay, you're going to be in 10 one possession games with five minutes to go and you go two and 10. I, and then you, you tell me, okay, and by the way, next year, you're also or, or two and eight. Next year, you're going to have 10 more of those games. You're probably more likely to go eight and two next year than you are two and eight again. You're right. It could be coaching if you have the worst coach ever. If you have a coach who just makes every single mistake, but more often than not, it is randomness. It's when you get into coin flip situations, sometimes you'll get tails a lot. Sometimes you'll get heads a lot. But over the long haul, you give me a sample size, I go 50 50 in. Nick, they were one in five in close games last year. They're one and one in them this year, which means I mean they're they're two and six in their last one eight in, close games. Right, Cody, eight games is half of a season. That That's is a lot a, to me. It's not no. though. It's not. How yeah. many games has Patrick Mahomes started in his career? You can't make know. conclusions based off eight games for anybody. What if I took what if I took Patrick like one eight? What if I took Patrick Mahomes' first eight games from last year and tried to make a, a sweeping conclusion about him? You'd call me an idiot. Like I'm one an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> you might. But like one <laughs> in five—that sounds like an anomaly to me, more than a trend. I glad I brought it up. And hey, look what you've done to us. We've you've driven us apart. Uh-huh. We, we used to get along. <laughs> we were friends once. Nick's come to my house. Right. <laughs> I haven't seen his new apartment yet, but that's just a matter of time. I can show you around if you'd like. Window over there. We'd love a tour. Oh. 
I'm going with a minimalist approach, as you guys can. Uh, see. Aren't we all though? Yeah. I was, <laughs> most boring background podcast ever. So I guess in the room that I have been recording these in, I'm behind a window because I'm still trying to kill that cricket that we joked about from like yes. three episodes ago. Cody has a I thought it was dead. I killed one. I thought it was dead. And there's a new one. The constant enemy of the tap household. The re they reproduced. Apparently. Oh, no. I, don't, I don't know. It's a fucking nightmare. I'm but just lazy it seems like and YouTube, decorated. Yeah, I was going to say, you two just have nothing on your walls. There are things on my walls, I swear. I have a pile of pictures. <laughs> just I just like... have it hung up, yeah. I don't even have pictures. I don't, I don't know. Like, I've, I decorated the kitchen. There's just, like, a huge wall in my living room. Apartments are tough. You don't know how long you're going to be in them. It's not, right. it's, uh, you don't want to make it homey. Well, I mean, you probably want to, but. I just didn't care because I, I don't know how long I'm going to be in this apartment. Does your roommate yeah, also no. not care to decorate? I'm I'm the decorator, I guess, of the two. <laughs> not pulling your weight, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> My room is super cute and cozy. That's where I went all out. But yeah, all right, what kind of hold on? Ran out of gas let's for talk, the living room. Let's talk blanket texture. Fill fill in blanket texture, and then we can do our predictions. What's the the pro blanket bed? Because this is going to judge whether it's as cozy as you say it is. The throw blanket on my bed? Yeah. Thank you so much for asking, Cody. It is a Pottery Barn Sherpa fleecy Ooh. blanket. Okay. That's strong. Can't argue <laughs> that. Nick. That's a very that's a very strong that's a very strong blanket. Thank you. All right. Are we ready to make our game predictions? I think there was so. no easy transition from throw blankets to predictions, but here we are. Let's so let's establish what Nick had established the last time. The Chiefs have played five games. All three of us, for all five of those games, have chosen the Chiefs to win. So we have selected the Chiefs 15 times in a row to win their game. Are we finally going to break that streak? No. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're split. Kayla, you said yes, so let, or no. You said, what's your score prediction? I'm going 38-35. We've hit 38 in the last two games with them. Bills 38 the first time, Chiefs 38 the second time. Let's go for a third time. Why not? Chiefs 38, Bills 35. Don't feel great about it, though. I can be the first to break it. I'm going uh -huh. to choose the Bills to win. Um, not by a lot. I still think the Chiefs cover, but I'm, I, it's hard because I think these teams are very, very even, but I don't think the Chiefs are yet playing at their peak, and I think the Bills might be very close to that. So I'm going to take the Bills 31-30. I think the game's very close. I think it's a final possession thing, but I'll give the Bills the edge this time. Okay, uh, I am also taking the Bills. Um, I think oh, this guys. is this is the okay. Well, it, not only is it the best offense they faced, it's the best offense anyone's faced, or besides the Chiefs. But it's also the only team they've faced that's been at full strength offensively. I guess you could say the Raiders, but we don't really take the Raiders seriously. And they lost Darren Waller throughout that game. Um, I think this is the game the Chiefs defense gets exposed a little bit. Ooh. I just, I mean, maybe it's not being exposed. Maybe this is just what Josh Allen does to everyone and what the Bills yeah. do to everyone. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm worried about the Chiefs offensive line. I really yeah. am. Like, you've got two teams close to full strength. And in defensively, I know Bill, the Bills have lost some guys, but I just, uh, I don't know how you slow down this passing attack. I don't know how you account for Josh Allen. I don't know how you account for one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. 
So I am taking the Bills and I am taking them to cover in Arrowhead as well. I'm actually going to go. Wow. I'm going to go Bills 38, Chiefs 30. Well, now I feel better. Now I'm not the jerk. Even if, even if we're both wrong, Nick will have been more wrong. What's the total for this game? I have not looked the at actual it. Vegas total? Uh, I don't remember now. I'm sure it's the topic. highest. If you're going to make me guess, it's the highest of the weekend, even though the Bills have the second lowest scoring defense in the NFL because, well, they're... Uh, it is 53 and a half. Ooh. I'm just, again, relying a lot on this game being at Arrowhead, Pat turning it on, and just playing out of his mind. Like we saw we the Arrowhead effect in this last game to exactly. effect we haven't seen in years. Here's, here's I know we got to wrap, but like here's one thing that has stuck with me over the past couple of weeks, and I believe it was after the Chargers game. And Pat had said that he gets so amped up. He gets so amped up playing an arrowhead. Coming out of the tunnel, he's jumping, he's screaming, he's feeding off the crowd energy. That like he almost has to calm himself down in the first half. Like he he he'll go out on that first drive and be like I, I'm I'm like I just I'm not settled. I'm not my normal self. And if you go and look at his numbers, like he's actually better on the road. Like statistically across the board, he is better on the road than he is at home. And I'm so I'm not saying that this is a negative, but now you're talking about that same aspect in the biggest game of the season. I just there's part I, I don't I'm not I'm not trying to like say I've got a conspiracy theory here, but he said it, and it's just kind of stuck with me over the past couple of games. And I sort of wonder like, will he eventually get to the point? It's not like he sucks at home by any means. <laughs> Game like this, where the the raise, the margin is is razor thin, I do kind of think that a little bit. All right. Well, we shall By the way, see. You should, gloat. you should gloat on Sunday if we're wrong. You need to take a huge victory lap. Well, I I mean I also need them to win because I said we would go five and one through the first six weeks, and that's true. So far, we're on track. <laughs> I need right. my record yeah, wow. to stand. I thought you were crazy when you predicted that too. Well, I, what's crazy is the Colts being the loss, but hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully we pull it out at Arrowhead on Sunday. We are going to be back with you guys immediately following the game. I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about no matter the outcome. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. I am Kayla Canaram. He is Cody Tapp. That is Nick Schwartz. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City, and we will be back with you on Sunday. Have a great weekend, everybody. 